Hey, y'all, this is your girl, Amber, reaching your potential. In this episode, I have a special guest here who is going to tell her story about her OT journey. And it's not your regular, you know, I went to school, I graduated, and that's it. No, she, one, got married, and two, she had some kids. Like, that's, that's amazing. So she's like a superhero, super mom, super <laughs> wife, all that stuff. But I'm very excited to bring her on and to tell her story. So let's get started. All right, guys. So in this episode, I have Ashley Baloo here. She is an occupational therapist. And she's also a wife and she's also a mom. So I'm so excited to have her on here. Everybody, meet Ashley. Hey, y'all. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Can't complain. How are you, Miss Amber? Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. And I'm doing well. Can't complain. I cannot complain. But yeah, so Ashley, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and even like how you got into OT? Oh, wow. So my OT journey started literally in like my sophomore year, right? And uh, I didn't know anything about occupational therapy. Of course, I knew things about physical therapy because I was in high school. I did athletic training as a student. And then I went to OT, excuse me, I went to uh, Texas Women's University, which is like a predominantly women's university uh, and got a kinesiology degree because my mind was like made up for like physical therapy. I had even shadowed a black physical therapist out of Houston thinking like, this is where I'm going. Uh, But uh, I I took my pre, it was like a prerequisite class for physical therapy school and went through the whole class. And the last day of the class, they were like, guys, uh, y'all might not get in, you know, Oh no! <laughs> every, you know, it, you know, you have to be, you know, they tell you about your grades and everything you have to have mm-hmm. together. Um, but they told, they, the teacher would say, she said, uh, let me tell you about other careers that work alongside uh, physical therapy. And that's when I first learned of occupational therapy. And I wanted to say I had like an aha moment because mm-hmm. I was like, this is everything I wanted to be. I wanted to be creative. But in that class, I sat there six months pregnant. Yeah, (laughs) I was six months pregnant in that class. And I had this aha moment of it's not that I didn't want to go to physical therapy school, but the flexibility at that time did not allow for me to have a child and be in a, you know, a post uh, bachelor's program. And so after that class, I went straight to my academic advisor and I told her I'm changing my track. I want to do pre-OT. And she said, huh? <laughs> like, uh, you sure about that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so 
Uh, she told me who I needed to go to in the occupational therapy program at that school. And she said, just talk to her and see what you can cross over. Cause I had got like majority of all my sciences done for Hi. PT school, mm-hmm. but that just wasn't the plan. And the rest is history. Oh my gosh. Wow. That is definitely a story for sure. Like, <laughs> I learned about OT school in college. Um, it was my, around the same time as you actually, like sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And had no idea what OT was until I stumbled across it. Mm-hmm. I was looking at PT and then it's like PT, then it was like another link or something that OT. I was like, is Man. this like a new profession? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. And I was like, and me and you have the same, um, had the same story about how we want to be creative and still be in like the health field. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want to be the generic doctor. I didn't want to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was like, okay, I I do want to help people in like in a therapy way, but I just don't want to be a nurse or a doctor. And then when OT came about, I was like, oh, wow. Like this is exactly the profession that I wanted all along. I, just never I didn't the name know of I it. wanted it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's really cool about that. But Oh my goodness, you were six months pregnant. Yeah, I was about six months pregnant. It was the summertime, I remember it, like just oh. like yesterday. It was the summertime, or excuse me, I think it was the end of the spring semester. And I was mm-hmm. six months pregnant. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm starting like changing my track. And at that time, I was not married. Uh, uh, my husband, then boyfriend, it was, um, he, you know, he, he was, you know, he had moved, uh, to the Mm -hmm. city when we found out we were pregnant and he was like really you're changing your track he thought I was changing my whole degree plan I was like no and (laughs) I said I'm gonna they have a way that they had a a, a OT bridge like kind of program where you fit graduate you know with your bachelor's and then you transition to OT school so it was just really Mm. perfect timing yeah um the transition happened. So uh, actually like my marriage story kind of happened after the pregnancy and after the baby uh, was born. It's, it's a, it's, if, <laughs> if you want to ask about that, you can ask about that too. <laughs> yes, I will ask about that in a little bit, but I just okay. want to, um, let's talk a little bit about even like your pregnancy. How did you feel being a student while being pregnant? Uh, it was very interesting. Um, so when I found out I was pregnant, uh, I was living in like these specialized dorms where like mm-hmm. you had to have like, like you can make, if you made like a certain GPA, like and you have, it was like a oh, like an honors dorm type of thing. I, I don't know if everybody was honors on that home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just made it through. I don't know. But, <laughs> but um it was a specialized like first come first serve really nice full dorm situation you had like a full refrigerator you could have you like a stove I it was like sectioned off you know it was like a little (laughs) little studio apartment it was a little cute and uh, I found I was pregnant and my roommate at that time uh she was um she kind of she was a kinesiology major that's what I have a bachelor's in and I said girl I'm pregnant she's like what 
And at that time, <laughs> I was working as an in academic advising as like my student, what is it called? Like the student uh, um, job. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> no, it's no, it's bad because like I, I just graduated too, not like maybe like two, three years ago. And right. I should what did they the call little, it? The little job you get with the financial aid that comes yeah. with financial mm-hmm. aid. Yeah. So that was my student job. And then I had a side hustle, I, not my side hustle, but I had a second <laughs> part-time job too, working at AutoZone because I had just bought a car, girl. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I bought That's a car cool. and did not know I was pregnant. So that was divine <laughs> intervention, girl. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So I was working in academic advising and with academic advising, uh, I remember this one time, I didn't feel embarrassed, but I knew the why, right? So, you know, there's students that come in from high school to college and their parents sometimes come accompanying them to, yeah. you know, academic advising to see what their classes are going to be initially looking like, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. as I was getting bigger, they told me that I needed to wear bigger clothes because it's, it's going to it's gonna of, show. Yeah. Hmm. So that was an interesting piece uh, of being in college and pregnant. Also not having a wedding ring on, you know, so that's like, you know, two and two put together. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember in because uh, my daughter was born in September I remember um, I took a Maymester class and um, and I took statistics Maymester so that's four weeks cramming statistics now grant you right. and I had, still had the little two side jobs got off at AutoZone at 11 o'clock at night and me and a girlfriend of mine we I get off of work and we would study like into like one, two o'clock in the morning because we knew every Friday we had a test, right? <laughs> oh, so that was, that was hard. You know, summers were hard. I'm, I live in Texas. So summers were definitely hard and different um, with, excuse me, what note decision? Sorry, with having a baby. <laughs> and um, it, I, I think between just walking the campus and it was, it was a very interesting time, but I cannot be so much thankful of where I was uh, school-wise because I had a community of people that really rallied around me. And so happened, like I said, everything happened in a, its perfect timing. Like they recently, the, the school had recently opened up these apartments on campus for parents particularly. And so happened, uh, you had to be at least a junior to get into these apartments. And I was almost there, like credit wise. And the lady was like, you know, just go ahead and get an apartment. And it was like on the first floor. I was like, whoo, I don't have to climb up no stairs. But I would say if it wasn't for the community of people uh, that I had in my corner, and primarily what was the unique experience of mine, and I know everyone may not have this story, but um, my roommate that I originally talked about in the front part of this uh, interview, 
she decided to move in with me in the student apartment and the parents, the student parent apartment. And she mm-hmm. said, I want to help you uh, with your baby. And I was like, you don't got to do that. <laughs> right, like that's my job. Good <laughs> job, right, right. But she stayed with me for an entire year. Uh, she moved out like probably two months after my daughter turned one. And um, that, I mean, between her, the community and um, her, my um my boyfriend at that time, now husband, if it wasn't for them, man, I wouldn't have had a college degree. So yeah, that's the support and the just that unit, you know, mm-hmm. that support system is so important. I mean, like I I mean I don't have a kid and I'm not pregnant, but mm-hmm. I can imagine if you are pregnant and don't have anyone to support you, as you mm-hmm. said, you will just automatically drop out because like, okay this is not the focus right now now I have to figure out how I'm going to take care of this child because I have to put this child first now instead of myself so. right right and you know what all of this wasn't of course it wasn't planned to mm-hmm. have a, a baby uh it wasn't planned to have my roommate at the time move in with me that was a part that was a her personal decision it wasn't nothing that I proposed to her literally yeah. I she was going to be going home for the summer and then coming back finding a whole new another roommate and that was the end um mm-hmm. I mean these things come together um and I would if anyone that's listening to this or had will listen to this I would say that like it's understandable to be scared. It's understandable to be unsure. And it's it's totally understandable to not have it together because we just don't have it together, right? <laughs> and I at, during that time, uh, I actually broke up with my boyfriend. We had broke up like during the pregnancy. So oh I know that's and what that's even more daunting because you're in school. I was four and a half hours away from home. I did not go back home because my mother was so hurt and she was angry with me at that time about mm-hmm. getting pregnant and being in school. I've been so close to the end, those type of things. Um, yeah. But you know what? That's just talk. You know, it's just about like community and perseverance. I mean, and just pretty much God's grace that literally uh, saw me and my daughter, you know, that I had through and put intricately put people together at the right time. And even um, the the pregnancy so happened, it it went okay. I had like one bout of dehydration, especially during the summer working at AutoZone. (laughs) (laughs) But people were really nice to me at AutoZone. They were just like, oh, you're having a baby. And oh, you don't have to come outside and do the testing on the car. Are you like, really? Thank you. I'm going to sit right here in this chair. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, that is such a beautiful story and I 
100% agree as well that like God doesn't make mistakes. I feel like there was, of course, it was challenging Mm -hmm. in the midst of the situation, but I really do believe that God will always provide Mm -hmm. in the midst of confusion. Mm -hmm. So like, even when you said like your boyfriend now husband, like you guys broke up or your mom was upset with you. I'm sure there were moments where you felt like lost or like alone, even though there are people said like, oh, we're here to support you. You've had that community. Oh my I'm God. sure there were times where you're just like, this is just too much. Oh, yes. I mean, especially during that summer, that summer before I had the baby, I'm like, I remember, I remember like crying, uh, you know, time I get out of class because of the heartbreak of breaking up mm-hmm. the unknown of having a baby you know I and you know like this whole con thought of like being able people to re- can, could relate to me like no one that I knew at that time could relate to what I was going through and then the hurt of um my mom, you know, like mm-hmm. you want, you would want your mom if she's alive, you know, to be alongside you through that journey. And, you know, for the bulk of that time, she was not. And so, you know, it was a lot of pain. It wasn't like, even though things came together, there was tons of pain uh, mm-hmm. that I experienced uh, going through, but um, you know, all things, you know, do come to an end and, and it, it resolves itself. Oh, it really does. And I'm so glad that like out of all of that, everything worked out, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. you got your degree, you got your baby, mm-hmm. he's doing well, mm-hmm. got married, like everything planned, like, everything worked out. Like it, I'm sure like when it, everything was going on it didn't look like it was going to turn out the way it did but it did so thank god for that right yes indeed yes yeah. <laughs> so um, we we talked a little bit about your pregnancy now let's talk a little bit about the marriage like okay. when did that start coming into play i ended up getting married my first semester of ot school first semester <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So I've been knowing my, uh, I had been with my husband. We knew each other from high school. We weren't dating like at in high school, but we started dating uh, after he graduated um, later on. So yeah, first semester of <laughs> OT school, we planned a, like a little bitty wedding. Uh, we had it in someone, our um, premarital counselor's house. Uh, yeah so it was I rented my dress uh we didn't have like any bridesmaids or groomsmen or anything like that like it was so small it was like 14 people there oh it was so intimate (laughs) I remember going to work that day and I was asking my boss I was like I really need you to help me put a flower arrangement together like it was planning a beautiful wedding like with $15 I mean that type of (laughs) situation I mean like if it's with the person you love then Hey. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, all right. That's 
listening, if he listens to this, he's like, really? I love that. He's, so- <laughs> he's great, great, great guy, great guys. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty daunting to kind of do it. People thought I was crazy because they were like, you just got, you just graduated. You are about to, you know, like get married. Like um, wedding day was uh, a couple of days before Thanksgiving because my anniversary is November 20th. So oh, wow. My birthday is November 21st. Really? Oh, cool. <laughs> I love it. Of you, girl. <laughs> oh, I love it. So oh, yeah, I was, so I'm <laughs> over here like thinking I was going to have my wedding in Houston. That's where we're originally from. Mm-hmm. But then we said we can't afford to get a wedding venue and hire people. And then, you know, that's f- around, you know, midterms and he was in school too. It was just crazy. Too much. Right. We were doing way too much, but we rented that, that wedding dress. We took little pictures in it. We thought we were doing something. We got a cake. <laughs> from the, I think someone got us a cake uh, from like the grocery store bakery. I mean, you know, it was like, it was definitely, definitely on a budget. And then we went on a cruise like after finals. So, oh, wait. So, finals was like, oh, yeah, next year. No, I take it back. Then, after midterm, so that January, like, oh, okay. That's not bad. Yeah. So, yeah, we didn't like prolong it too long. So, Mm -hmm. my daughter at that time, I think she had just turned two years old. Oh. So, and guess what? She cried through the whole wedding, girl. Oh girl, come on. Yeah, one job. Just you know, wait till mom and dad, you know, say I do, do a little kissing, and then maybe cry after. Exactly, right, right. (laughs) But yeah, getting married OT school is definitely doable if people are thinking about that. Uh, you know, they just have to have, you know, they they may not want to rent their dress like I did, but there were (laughs) I want to say there were eight people thereafter on in my cohort that got married throughout oh, wow. school. Yeah, it was like a ton of us getting married. I was like, "What is going on?" But yeah, it's it was really cool. I mean, I can't complain. But uh, what one of the things that I think that uh, people have to consider, especially if they're in like financial aid situation, is. Uh, once you become married, you know, they look at you as one, like two, two, mm-hmm. one, you know, so those things that I had, as I hate to say, as a single parent, I lost because I became married, for mm. example. So in Texas, they have this like program for child care assistance. And I, as a single parent was only paying $4 a month for childcare. Oh, that's nothing. I know, right? <laughs> a month, right? Four <laughs> Which means I was making zero money, probably. So, <laughs> but but once I got married, it jumped to like two hundred and fifty bucks. Whoa! So I was like, what? I feel like I'm getting punished. So. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but it did I want to say that it was definitely it wasn't an experience at least for me that deterred me from like achieving my goals because I he was always a supportive person like he 
he, you know, he would take the baby, you know, if I needed to study for something or like he was always like stepping in or we had someone to try to come step in for us to be able to take care of the OT things. So, Mm -hmm. uh, or OT school. So, I mean, it was hard. I mean, she definitely was used for a lot of that developmental, you know, those. (laughs) Yo, I mean, like if I had a child, that's exact. I mean, like my parents parents listened to this episode, but I'm like, if I had to have a child, Mm -hmm. I would need to have a child for that because I was struggling with the reflexes and stuff exactly right we were trying to bar people's kids and everything so <laughs> i mean people barred post sarah that's her name sarah we, uh, we, we barred the hell out of sarah <laughs> you know, i need sarah for a sec i just need to try this this test like does she have the bimbinski like does her feet flare out like <laughs> i know right right and then all the little assessments that have to deal with like her age bracket i'm sure yes. she's like pretty familiar you can't like <laughs> serve all the of, that. of that test is like god <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah I mean, it was go, really go. cool also because like the ot school uh, at times allowed for like my daughter to come to class with me so okay. you know there were moments where you know she would come to class with me and the kid you know the um, the students like they knew who she was and so even now when they see she's all like grown up and everything they're um, like oh my gosh you know I remember when Sarah used to come to class and <laughs> walk around the you know college with you on the you know campus so it was it's been really it's a really I'm thankful for occupational therapy because of its flexibility and its openness to having, you know, these dynamic, uh, you know, complex situations, but they're still welcoming to, you know, so I have encouraged many uh, uh, therapists who would, would like to be OTs to go ahead and do it, no matter what your situation is, whether you have a disability you know or whether you have a family or you have a unique situation I feel like you know the whole concept of occupational therapy is to be able to accommodate and to adapt and occupational therapy school is no different they understand that everyone has a unique story and a situation but to be able to cross that um, the finish line, you know, was, I feel like it's perfect for anyone who is in that, in that particular situation. So, Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like, I, I love that. And even as you mentioned before, our profession is all about accommodation and modifying things for mm-hmm. the better of the patient or the client. Mm-hmm. And I feel like OT schools should do the same thing for mm-hmm. their students. So mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you had such a positive experience at, at your school. Your mm-hmm. peers were very supportive. Your mm-hmm. significant other was supportive as well. And you were able to achieve what you wanted to achieve, regardless yeah. of everything that came. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally fortunate and blessed. And I feel like, you know, there was like difficult moments where, you know, I didn't 
feel like I met, meet, met the grade or there were times where I felt left out because I had, you know, I had to go home to the baby and everyone went to go like hang out, you know? So I, there were moments of like feeling left out um, and not really getting to know. I mean, I even say that to this day, I don't really, some of those experiences uh, at OT school were like a blur because it was like, go to school, be a mom, you know, go to school, do the family thing, you know? So it was so, I, I felt like, I guess I didn't get the whole like OT, you know, school experience. I just got what I needed to get done in order to say I could graduate. And um, I, I do want to also even say that, um, and I don't blame, I'm not blaming, placing blame on any person or my situation, but mm-hmm. it took me to my third chance to um, um, to get my OTR. So mm-hmm. I had to take the test, you know, three times. So, mm-hmm. and but I feel like with those dynamics, sometimes you may, may or may not be able to, uh, you know, ex- you know, exceed the first time. I know a lot of OT students, at least when I was uh, coming out, were so hard on themselves. I'm not sure if that's still the case now, but like so hard on themselves that they don't make the grade or pass the test the first time and feel so defeated. And I just really think that I really strongly believe things happen in its perfect timing and you will have your, you know, shot at being able to be that OT that you want to be. And, you know, things will work itself out. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even though I was, I didn't have the role as a mom in OT school, but I was part of the track team at my mm-hmm. school. So I missed out on a lot of opportunities to hang out with my peers or go out and things of that nature I I didn't do any of that stuff I was like yeah I have a track meet this weekend so I'm gone like I'm not gonna be on campus Um, so like Friday to Saturday Saturday night was a dub I wasn't going out because I'm like I'm tired from this track meet um so track was like my life and um I kind of regret it sometimes like well maybe I would have been closer with some of my peers if I didn't do track but track was a huge thing for me like I loved it it was such um it was a passion of mine so I don't regret my track experience at all yeah Um, but you know as you said you you gotta do what you gotta do (laughs) right right my daughter (laughs) runs track what do you run or what did you do you run or did you run um like I dibble dabble sometimes nowadays but not not as consistently but I did hurdles oh okay Okay. yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I did hurdles and I sprinted. Okay, nice. Yeah. Okay. What does Sarah run? She does like one, uh, 100, 200, four by one. Um, okay. Yeah. So and all she, the sprints. Yeah, all the, pretty much all the, they throw in all the sprints. <laughs> <laughs> Long distance is not her calling, but. Same. And, <laughs> It's fine. Okay. Uh, we can't do it all. We either go no. sprints or distance. <laughs> right, right. And she did discus, and oh. 
I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't know if she even tried to do hurdles, but she did discus and she did shot put. I think she did does really good in discus, but cool. yeah. Yes. Hey, look at her. She she dibbled down in different events. I love it. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, and the second part I want to mention too, because you talked about um, you know, taking your board. It took me four tries to <laughs> to take it to pass, honestly. So I talked about it in like a previous episode, like one of my beginning episodes about my journey of taking it. But I felt very defeated my first time. And after every attempt, I was just like, oh gosh, like I I don't know if OT is it. Like I have no idea what I'm doing wrong. I'm trying my best each opportunity I have to take this exam and the outcome was still failing. So right. Right. I, I, I totally get it, but it's just, just knowing that there's a reason as to why you are failing and it's and of course like we're not failures it's just like more like failing forward and just thinking of it that way mm-hmm. and also what she mentioned too that I feel like God does everything for a reason mm-hmm. and I'm so thankful that God delayed my timing for taking the boards because when I should have passed that's when the pandemic started to kind of come about okay yeah so like I had peers that were either getting furloughed that was losing their job filing for unemployment and Mm -hmm. I just missed all of that so I was just very thankful I was like okay now I know why you delayed me it's okay thank you (laughs) right right and I I have I mean I didn't you know I I my heart like went out to all of those who were jobless during the pandemic oh yeah he, me too included was like the whole month of April was like dead. I had no patients, no clients, no nothing. And so, um, but yeah, during the time I forgot, like it took about a year and a half between the, the graduation to the actual time that I actually passed my boards. Mm-hmm. And during that time, my grandmother, uh, which I call like, she's like my mom. Uh, she, uh, she was, what, how old was she? Maybe like 87, okay? Mm-hmm. And she had a heart attack. She had never had any oh my God. complications before then other than like arthritis. Mm-hmm. And she had a heart attack and I literally like dropped everything. Like dropped everything, thing. <laughs> life like I dropped everything drove from Dallas to Houston and literally was by her bedside I was like her live I was living at the hospital like and I feel like if had I not you know had I passed my boards I would she would have not had anyone like by her bedside she would have been so scared she even said that she was like I was so scared about this like experience because she had not been to a hospital since she had my mother in the 60s. Wow. So she didn't know what, you know, she wasn't tech savvy. She didn't know what that computer was in that mm-hmm. room. She didn't know what all this, she was like, where the charts at? And she's talking about paper charts. I like, oh, okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's not even used no more. <laughs> exactly, honey. There's no paper charts. 
so uh, had had um had she I, you know she was she's a she was a strong woman and um she could have advocated for herself but it was nice to have been there on the front line had you know you know the doctors nurses etc know like she is clearly under she understands everything you just have to just talk to her talk to her mm-hmm. and, and talk was, to her normally <laughs> right don't talk to her like she's no kid because she's definitely is witty and very you know was very savvy yeah so needless to say I feel the same way just you know it does all aligned itself you know perfectly for me to be able to um be there for her and it helped me as a as a as an OT because I, that was my first opportunity to be a caretaker that was not like a parent. So it was helpful to understand like how all this insurance stuff works, how, you know, you have to wait for things, how, you know, cause she had went to, she was in hospital, had the heart attack, got re- recovered, went to inpatient rehab, went through, you know, two different sniffs, had home health, so understanding that process as like the on the caregiver side has helped me be able to better be a better therapist and directly understand like the caregiver's role in um, you know in the field. So yeah. yeah. No, that's a huge opportunity, honestly. Like when you think about it as having that caregiver role and now being in the field you're always interacting with caregivers on a daily basis like I know exactly how you feel because I was a caregiver before you know so Mm -hmm. it's just nice to have that insight um as well and um even during my process of preparing for my boards or you know just waiting to take the boards because Mm -hmm. they canceled my exam when I was I was planning to take it for the fourth time in April and that's mm-hmm. when they canceled it. And I couldn't get a test date until September. Oh. So I had to wait a while. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so what I'm going to do with my life <laughs> while I wait. Right. So I, I kind of stopped studying because like, this is just too much. I've been studying for almost a year for this right. exam. So I was like, okay, let me take a break. And I started focusing a lot on like fitness mm-hmm. and um, just like working out working out at home because the gyms were closed but I created like my own fitness page on Instagram and then um I got a job working for contact tracing for in New York City so I got into that so that was a little bit different but it's still like healthcare wise and it was interesting to kind of see like how like public health things work out too right um even though I wasn't like in a rehab setting but just still working in health and talking working in the midst of a pandemic um was definitely a great learning experience for sure like of course there were some days where I'm like why do I have this job this is annoying but (laughs) um going to people's homes and giving doing like an assessment and trying to figure out like what symptoms they have Mm -hmm. um and even figuring out where they got COVID from maybe they got Mm -hmm. it from a family member trying to help them remember where they were at a certain date mm-hmm. and trying to track down those people and things of that nature. So it was such a huge job, 
but yeah. I'm definitely thankful for the opportunity for those like those couple of months while I was prepping to take my boards again because I can use those experiences for my job now right it's asking like the right questions with a certain time frame because sometimes mm-hmm. we get lost as therapists especially new therapists if we don't have like this routine list of questions that we ask and it evolved over time I remember when giving my like very first OT eval <laughs> in the field and it was so like I said God God love her. She, she was so patient with me. She answered all of my book questions. <laughs> and I had like wrote them down, but I get it. Like that's really, that is a, a, a key experience. I think that even speaks to the fact of, you know, not, uh, what is the, what's the phrase? Don't despise the, um, what's that phrase? Don't despise like, like early, like the little beginnings. Don't just yeah. those, mm-hmm. uh, those, those starts that may not been like the best, like this wasn't your plan, you know? Uh, it wasn't our plan to go through a pandemic, but a lot of us have reaped so many great things as a result of the pandemic. While there has been significant loss, like, I mean, unprecedented loss, people that I know personally have lost mm-hmm. uh, you know 2020 was was rough on rough. Hey girl it was rough. Girl, <laughs> but I, I agree uh, even when I was in my waiting period uh, for my board I got connected with I don't know how I got this job I think I just went to I went to a job fair for something totally different, nothing in the health field, right? I was just trying to get a job, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody connected some with me with somebody that so happened to do therapy, and they did like had like a they had a therapy staffing company uh, that staffed out of you know for home health, mm-hmm. geriatric home health, and um, I connected with this company, and they were at that time they were like. Uh, working from their house pretty much so I would report oh to work to the basically their home home <laughs> and they had a home office and we just sat there we had our cell phones and our computers uh-huh. and basically I, I was like the administrative assistant and uh, oh. I know but I have <laughs> you know like you know people would think like oh you have a master's degree and you're an administrative assistant like what that's all about <laughs> I mean, I kid you not, it was just, you know, it was something that paid, it paid for gas, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and a couple of little small bills, right? Mm -hmm. And at at one point, I remember him asking me to be his like Q&A person, like practice the whole idea of like looking through notes, trying to see if, you know, just I wasn't like the official Q&A person, but I remember going through some notes calling agencies, you know, verifying things, looking at payroll, uh, had moments where I got to sneak in people's, you know, numbers. <laughs> and and it, it, one, it taught me what to look for and what not to look for in notes or what to see and not to see, should see in notes, right? Mm-hmm. It taught me to always be humble and to, never think that anyone's role is 
more difficult than the other. The Q&A's job is as hard as the, is as hard as the therapist's role in some regards. Um, mm -hmm. It was a lot of follow up and interacting with therapists. Therapists uh, have different personalities, dealing with different personalities. Mm -hmm. Therapists didn't want to didn't want to cross over a certain zip code. And so you had to reassign them to a different patient because they didn't want to cross over a certain zip code. Mm. So dealing with those type of uh, personalities, dealing with fast pace, um, that employer is very type A. So I had to just accommodate, right? And I had never been in a situation like that. I mean, I've been in fast paced like work environments, but not like in this like realm, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, um, I, I, and, and all is said and done, I had worked this job for like a couple of months and then he fired me because <laughs> he said, <laughs> it's not, he said, this is not working out for us. Oh my and God. Thanksgiving. <laughs> he couldn't wait. Oh, <laughs> no, not at all. He did not wait. Wow. He gave, my little, he gave me a little severance. I don't know if he felt bad for me or what. And he hired me. <laughs> and he was like, oh, he's like, you know, best of luck, you know, going forward. Let us know when you pass your boards. <laughs> wow. Oh my and so best I, I said so administrative assistant job is I was not a good I was not good at at it. Okay. <laughs> no, and so not only I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm talking to people that may be really hung on like status so you know mm -hmm. having a master's degree and just lost your administrative position administrative <laughs> assistant paying you like I think it was like 10 or 12 dollars an hour or something like that at that time so oh my god <laughs> never, never burn bridges that was the other lesson I learned never burn yeah. bridges because yeah, do honest, honestly he was the very first person who hired me to be an occupational therapist <laughs> Well, look at that. I mean, like, imagine, imagine if you would have left. You're like, well, forget you. I don't want to oh. talk to you no more. And then he comes along. You're like, wow, I could have definitely gotten an OT job right away. But right, but I, he never promised me a job. He just told me to let him know when I pass. I just thought mm -hmm. those good parting words. But I yeah. never thought uh, he would ever hire me back. And I work for him to this day. I've been working for him for like eight years. <laughs> wow. Look at that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, it, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting how roads like lead you to different things and how delays can not be considered per se denials. You know, that's just, it's just a not yet. Like you said uh, earlier, I think you said you're, um, you're failing forward. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. I, I forgot the thing that they say is whatever you're going, right? It doesn't mean that it's like a dead end. It's mm -hmm. just like another, it's just rerouting you to your destination. Like, right. of course, we go through all these different roads and we're going to have twists and turns and they're going to be detours and all this other stuff. But right. you're going to have other opportunities or other roads that you can get to or you can go on that will still get you to your goal right so, 
Right. Now I hear all the time, like this whole concept of do it scared. Do it. (laughs) And you really do. You have to go in and just be like, I'm going to just do it because you got to just be not afraid to to hear no you know like you're gonna hear no but you can't you can't like what is your emotions gonna be after you hear no you know Mm -hmm. so um and it's so crazy because the pandemic like you were saying it rerouted you to do uh some different things and I actually left now I did not know there was gonna be a pandemic like one month (laughs) I promise you I didn't hear anything about anything in Seattle I wasn't thinking like oh it's gonna come here I left my job of seven years uh I was at that time I was like 75 percent like the breadwinner of my my household like so Mm -hmm. I left my job in February of 2020 to just to just do do you do you do you and I know that it's and people like, why? I didn't, you know what? I didn't even tell people that I left. Like I was, I told people, of course I was leaving and I told them what I was kind of doing, but I didn't mm-hmm. like tell the full story because people like really, you know, change scares a lot of people in and of itself. Yeah. Change, mm-hmm. you know, like you're getting a new boss. What? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but change scares a lot of people and the uncertainty for many people people were really nervous for my, me and my family because uh at this time I have five kids yeah. wait whoa we were just talking about Sarah and now you got four I have five <laughs> I'm making oh this God. I'm making this episode very complex right now. oh it's so complex I love it though I'm sure there's so many listeners I had like wait a minute I gotta rewind because once you just talk about one kid <laughs> oh my God. okay talk about your other four kids okay in short uh so my oldest she's she'll be 14 this year okay. um I I have a, a daughter who is seven and she was actually the daughter I was pregnant with uh, on, at my last attempt for the OT uh, licensure. So I was oh pregnant God. with her while I was taking the test. I said, Lord, I got to make this test because I got this whole baby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole baby now. It's not just me. It's me and- she had a, she was having, she was pregnant in OT school. First of all, she was old. She was pregnant during her exam. Okay, keep going. Right. <laughs> and then I had uh, a baby in 2016. And then I had a set of twins in 2018. Oh my gosh. What kind of twins? Is it boy or girl? Have, I have all girls uh, and they're fraternal uh, twins. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Nice. I ha- I'm a twin. Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah. I have a twin brother. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah. Yay. Like, <laughs> other twins so I could talk to about twin stuff that no one Mm -hmm. understands (laughs) yeah do they have twin telepathy okay what is that sorry Uh, so it's basically when they think the same without really talking so they may think the same thing without even like communicating 
Uh, I think they might at times. They're three. They're three and a half. Oh, okay. so I'm mm-hmm. thinking that they, I am able to ask one twin, how's the other twin doing? And they're able to let me know. And it's actually accurate. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking that might be. Yeah, that's, that's another that's an example of telepathy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, I, and I have to do that sometimes a lot. So I'm like, <laughs> or I'm like, what is your twin? What is, you know, so-and-so saying? And mm-hmm. she'll let me know, and I'm like, "Is are you, is that it?" And it's, it's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's a real thing. Like I even remember my brother and I actually went to college together. That wasn't the plan, uh-huh. but we we ended up going to college together. And there will be times where he would be calling my mom at the same time I'm calling my mom. Oh. And mind you, we didn't even live in the same dorm room. Yeah. So like, I lived in like another building and uh-huh. he lived on like the lower quads so we didn't really see each other either so it was just so funny how my mom's like your brother's calling me right now and I was like oh really and he's like yeah like what is this twin thing like what are you guys doing I'm like yeah. well I didn't tell him that I was calling you I said it's probably a twin thing I don't know it, yeah there's a lot of like phenomenons I mean I can't like explain all of them but there are like a few phenomenons I feel like my twins experience I'm like this is definitely twinning twinning because I don't my I, I didn't experience this with my other singletons and that you know so mm-hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. So, yeah. oh my goodness but I'm like, sorry we like literally went off the tangent with twins <laughs> and kids but you were talking about you were having you have five kids oh yeah so I have five kids I left my full-time job um where I my in my household I was making roughly 75 to 80 percent of the income to just pursue like doing OT like like kind of like entrepreneuring if you will but doing something along the lines of like my passion so I do um I encourage those type of things too I know it's like you know riding off the seat of your coattails I feel like I've lived a whole life of like you know we'll see what happens spontaneous like spontaneously honestly yeah yeah (laughs) I mean and 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 of course it's different because it's like okay I have a husband and I have to ask, like, is this okay with, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so the first time I asked him, could I leave my job? He told me, no, I couldn't leave it. That was like two years prior. He told me I couldn't leave my job. <laughs> but this time he said, he said, okay. And I, and I did not have like a really big backup plan. The only thing I was doing at the time on the side was uh, doing a little PRN home health and uh, I had got on with this private speech therapy clinic being their sole OT. So I was like kind of banking on maybe that would be like the income, you know, breadwinner kind of thing. And it wasn't, I didn't uh, gain a lot of clients at that time. And of course the pandemic happened. So it like paused all of that momentum, but right. I, I can truly say like through the, it's been about a little bit over a year since I left my uh, full-time job and I mean the really big reason I did it was it all kind of goes back full circle to um, being a parent um, and parenting requires a different different level of attention and a lot of people talk about like self-care and yes you do have to like have like 
you have to embed self-care, especially if you're a mom of one, three, five, 11, whatever. But uh, I do also encourage people who do have like, um, like kids or a kid in college or during this OT journey to, you know, not neglect the family because the OT will be here. The money will be here, but the kids, they grow and they move on. And and at at that time I was noticing some things with all of my kids, all five of them, even the twins. And I know people say like, twins are like the same. I'm like, no, they're not. They're not the same. They might do some similar things and, but they don't think the same. They're not the same people and they learn differently. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, there was just things I was noticing and I wasn't trying to put my OT lens on them, but there were some things I was noticing. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I had to, I had to leave, you know, that full-time requirement and, you know, kind of, you know, do the mom thing. And granted, like our income went down significantly, but we did a lot of praying and we did a lot of like hopeful, you know, thinking, positive thinking, you know, my, you know, my husband had been looking for a really higher paying job and, you know, it wasn't happening for a couple of like years. Right. And he went Mm -hmm. back to college because he was like, I must need because he didn't have a college degree and so he was like oh shoot maybe I just need to go back to school you know do something Mm -hmm. else you know so I think it's a it's a combination of a lot of things but going back to parenting and being a therapist and or soon to be therapist I mean it it just took a lot of prayer a lot of positive thinking community relationships and a lot of just like perseverance, like that's just, I feel like that's just the theme of my life. It's just like when you hear a no or you are faced with, I got to get up in the middle of the night and feed the baby and breastfeed the baby and take the kids to school and do be a wife, you know, that's like a high order priority over work, allegedly, you know, in this life. Mm-hmm. And- seem like it but it is in some cases and in a lot of cases and it's a hard juggle I do not do it alone um I do not do it alone I have check-ins with people weekly and I have a I thank God I have like a sitter sometimes we pay our sitter sometimes to keep the kids just so we can make things like this happen you know yeah it takes a whole entire village. And I really hope that your listeners just know that like, if they want to become OTs, it's not impossible. And if they want to stay OTs and things just like happen, you know, so happen you get pregnant, it's not <laughs> the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> like you can make it work. <laughs> you can make it work, right. And there's like you were mentioning, there's more than one road to get to like the other side, you know? So yeah. 
Yes. And I'm just so thankful for your transparency because that was definitely a lot that has been going on in your life. But I know for sure that people are encouraged. I'm encouraged because it really just tells you there are, are no excuses for what you want to do for your life. You know, if you want to be an OT, things may be thrown at you, mm-hmm. but it's really up to you on how you're going to react to it. Are you going to just let it hit you in the face? Or are you going to dodge it? It may hit you, but like, are you going to recover from it? You know, right. like there are still certain things that we can control. And of course, we're going to, in this life, there are controllables and there are uncontrollables. And I learned that so much in, um, in track. Um, we had this like sports psychologist consultant always talking to us about those things and Mm -hmm. thinking about the controllables and the uncontrollables and we think about uncontrollables or like the weather or Mm -hmm. our competitors those Mm -hmm. are the things that we can't really control but we can control our mindset Mm -hmm. we can control of we can control how we um trust our our training Mm -hmm. and we can only control ourselves Mm-hmm. And I think that your story just exemplifies that regardless of everything that you've been through, you were able to control your mindset and still have that goal in mind that like, I'm still going to be an OT. And I'm also very thankful that like, you know, that you didn't do it on your own, that it took a village. Oh, and most- so many people, so many people were there to support you. Yeah. And I think that's such a blessing. Most definitely. I really, I think about like my daughter's track season. I'm always pretty sure like when you first started track, like you would, well, this is, these are things that I'm noticing now, even though when I was athletic training, like I noticed it then, but not as prevalent now. Right. So I noticed there are people that'll look to the left and to the right, you know, and then it slows them down. Right. Mm Yeah. And I feel like in our lives, Social media, I'm just giving an example. Can we can mm-hmm. look to the left, follower to the right, the fo- you know, influencer, excuse me. We can look to the left or to the right, or we can run our own race, right? And so one of the things I usually tell my daughter, I'm like, don't look at who's doing what. Don't look at who's in your, you know, which leg is being slow and fast or, you know. <laughs> but, you know, we're not we're not focusing <laughs> on that portion we're not focusing on them but you know focus on your race mind your own race and that sometimes it may take longer than you want it to right mm-hmm. but you if you run your own race you be so proud of yourself at the end um uh, and knowing that you have like people like you uh and other individuals in your corner <clears throat> uh rooting for you in the sands right so yeah. um i i feel very blessed and honored to you know be a support in that way um i have a group called black ally health therapists and um i my whole premise behind them is that you know there we have occupational therapists physical therapists and speech therapists who work together a lot in the in this field but they didn't have at that time when I started it didn't have a home to like collectively be together 
And so Black Allied Health Therapists is just simply just a community of people, you know, together, you know, all parts of the world, just being able to commune and get to know that they're not alone, you know, that they have resources, they have connections, and they have a community of people that they can, you know, talk to about any facet of the professions. Uh, I really encourage transparency because we can't, like you said, you can't do this alone, but you have to run your own race and be okay with whatever external factors might come your way. So, Well said, Ashley, well said. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you so much, Ashley, again, for everything that you have said on this episode. I'm sure there is at least one person that has taken something from here. Like I, I know I have, and I know that just, it just continues to encourage me um, mm-hmm. as a new clinician to mm-hmm. still pursue and persevere during mm-hmm. the obstacles and during the barriers that we may face at times in our life. So yeah. thank you again. You're welcome. Best wishes in your career, and I'm sure you'll kill it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. But um, at the end of the episode, I usually give my guests the opportunity to share their social media handles or their any projects that they are pursuing. I know you just talked about Black Allied Health Therapists, uh-huh. um, but anything else you want to mention? This is sure. Your yeah. Okay. So I, okay. So you can follow the Black Allied Health Therapist group at be a h therapist on instagram but our conversations really more so reside on facebook on black ally health therapist and then i have through this pandemic was able to complete a journal <laughs> oh my god well, i have a book out a journal book oh. out okay. and it's called identity journal it looks like this and it's on amazon uh, I have my Instagram handle for that is identity underscore journal. And, um, and then I will be launching a business here soon. I, well, I've already, I have an LLC already. I'm just launching it like in the fall. So um, just follow us on those two to find out about the business. It's called My Potential Occupational Therapy and Wellness. So. Ah, love it. I definitely have to bring you back on and when it drops and everything because that's so exciting. Yeah. It got potential in it. So ah. I know, I know. I see that. I see that you're, you're uh, I was like, oh, look, she, I love that. I was like, reaching your OT, your potential is just so dope and it has to play <laughs> on it. So, uh, but thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that hopefully encourage somebody to say, you know what, I'm gonna just go ahead and put all of what I don't know aside and just, you know, just trust God and trust myself to be able to push through. So, Amen to that girl. But thank right. you. Thank you so much for all that. Everybody, please go follow um, the Black Allied Health Therapist page on Facebook and on Instagram, as well as Identity Journal as well. Like, I'm, I'm definitely going to get that. That's so exciting. I love to journal. So oh yeah. Yeah. I, I love to journal. This is 
I love I've been journaling since I was 10 years old and around the same time too oh really that's dope okay so Mm -hmm. yeah so I've been journaling so I feel like we were supposed to be ending soon but yeah I know it's okay it's okay yeah so we've been journaling I've been journaling since I was 10 years old and literally um with me having these five girls I'm like lord why did you give me first of all you gave me all girls I wanted at least a boy and I was like why did you give me five girls right so it was one moment where um I I literally was like if I was to like pass away uh like what could I leave my daughters behind that would be a worth right so I took, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, oh my gosh, like anybody can teach them domestication or, you know, a trade. They can go to college and people can like, like but what could I give them? And I was thinking, I never learned really, truly what my identity was, like my true identity and what was like, what if everything went away, if OT, if someone could take my OT degree and take my job and take everything away from me, my family, what do I have that I can claim as myself, you know? And it was a hard question to answer because I never really had been taught that as a child, right? So Mm -hmm. um, it was a year and a half project kind of in the making. And I literally had a dream of my cover. That's all I had, right? of the logo so I like literally did what (laughs) business people do they take a like a napkin and like write and design the the um, design what they want to see come into fruition and Mm -hmm. a year and a half later and divine connections this journal book came out so it had 10 identity truths and 10 identity beliefs uh to claim for yourself give yourself words because a lot of times we can't find the words that that define us that is not significant to like oh my name is Ashley I'm an occupational therapist I'm a wife I'm a mother all of those like roles right yeah but what are some things that are just yours significant like make you significant outside Mm -hmm. of roles so that's what this journal is. It's a guided interactive journal to help you get from point A to point B. I love that. Oh my gosh. Like that just made me so excited to, to get one because that, it's so deep when you, you think about it. Like we have all these roles in our life and we talk about that even as OTs when we're talking about patients, like what roles are important to you? Mm-hmm. But like outside of the role, how do you identify yourself? And that's such okay. a deep question we have to, to ask ourselves so right oh, i'm right. so excited for it oh my god <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah so um i i can either mail a copy or um i can also you can also buy it on amazon it's on the identity underscore journal like it's under the bio of the instagram so yeah it's yeah. Oh, so guys you guys learn a little thing or two about the the journal and the how it came to fruition but I hope you guys are interested in the journal because I know I am (laughs) but (laughs) that's all we have for this episode I had Ashley here just talking about her story about 
OT life, being pregnant at OT school, being pregnant when taking the boards, getting married during the first semester of her OT mm-hmm. school. Like it, it was such a great story to hear, but the main thing behind her story was really to show you that, and to show me that literally the only thing that's stopping you is yourself. That if you have a goal in mind, you're just gonna take it and you're gonna run and go for it. That the roads may not be straightforward. You're gonna have a few detours, you're gonna have some barriers, but you're always gonna figure out another road to get to your goal. So thank you so much, Ashley, for your testimony, for your story, for your transparency. I am so excited to bring you back on in the future. <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> of course but guys that's all we have for today if you have any questions comments or concerns about anything that was mentioned in this episode don't hesitate to hit me up you guys know my instagram and my email i look at my emails as well so definitely don't hesitate to email me if you're interested and even coming on um to the podcast thank you so much for the support thank you um for my guests that have been coming on so far everybody's story is so different and i just love to just connect with other people and get a new perspective because it's all allowing us to grow in this field and just grow as people but that's all we have and i will talk to you guys later peace out